0: Hey, this is Tony Cavino, the singer for In Theory, and you're listening to Shane
1: Christopher Neal. Locked and loaded, the Industry 45 show with host
0: Shane Christopher Neal.
1: Sound like you're keeping out of trouble? <laughs> yeah, as much as I can. How about you? Oh fuck no. Uh, you know what? I just went to the <laughs> I just went to the gym, and uh, I look pretty good though. So I just I went to the gym, went through the motions. Now I'm doing, now I'm having a vodka soda. Field strawberry is today's uh, flavor. So,
0: you know, that's the uh, I, th- I think the NFL players have the block.
1: To well, happen. absolutely. I could play in the yeah. NFL. That's a, yeah. So how are yeah. things going? Yeah. You, you guys are just uh, kicking ass with uh, in theory. It's good to see some of my favorite people. Yeah, you, well. you know, I, I, I just want to say one thing. I remember the yeah. first interview with Mike, which was amazing. And I think we did one. The three of us, didn't we? Yourself, Mike, and myself, I think a year ago, I, I'm pretty sure we did a threesome, like a legal, like, yeah. you know, regular threesome, not a, a bad one. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> right, right. and that was a lot of fun, but you got a new single out, right? Staying on my soul. And yeah. uh, I, yeah. but before I get to that, though, I got a few questions for you because I think the listener really needs to, again, understand the uniqueness of your band. So your band is really yourself and Mike. Correct, and then you have other players that obviously play on the songs and play live. But explain the dynamic of the band of In Theory first.
0: Well, I mean, basically, it's uh, me, me, Mike, and I write, write the songs. We we come up with the concept, the sound that we want, and uh, and basically what we do is we sort of did things in reverse. Um, we've all been in situations where we've been in bands, and uh, you know. There's always, there's always issues outside of music, you know, you know, this guy's got a problem, that guy's got a girlfriend, like all this other stuff. So we, you know, I mean, we, we, we usually would, you know, rehearse with a band, right. And, 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 you know, craft your songs and then go in the studio. But, but the way we did it was we, we crafted the songs, went in the studio and now we're, um, we put a band together to play the songs out, you know, to get out on stage, Right. Um, so we, we sort of did it in reverse. We sort of wanted to get to, you know, because in this day and age, you need marketing, you need great songs, you need a look, you need a sound. And a lot of times the bands get held up is getting four guys that all agree on one thing, rehearsing everything to death, and never getting to the important stuff. Right. So we sort of want to reverse engineer it. And, and one day it might be a band if we find the right, you know, the two or three other people that are like-minded. Um, you know, but right now it's it's Mike and I, and uh, we 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 sort of have a steady band that we use, but they're not actually part of the you know the band per se. Right. But they are pretty re- they're regulars. You know, like for rehearsals, and we just did a show uh, out in Muscle Shoals. Um, uh, we co-headlined with Jerry uh, James Nichols, uh, the guitar player, and uh, you know, so, show was great. And uh, we just signed with a uh, a booking agent that uh, I believe in starting end of September, we're gonna go out for like three weeks and uh, do a little mini tour. and then right now we're in the process of booking things for next year, the festival seasons and the cruises and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, that's fun. I know Mike posted something today or yesterday about that uh, performance uh, the other day. So that was kind of cool. Your sound is is unique Mm -hmm. too. Explain a little bit again about Muscle Shoals and kind of how all that's been working with you guys. You know, if I read your bio, um, it basically says a Muscle Shoals style Led Zeppelin, swampy, gritty version of Soundgarden. And you, I mean, obviously, you're a killer vocalist, and you guys have the image down to a T. But if you were to explain your band to somebody and the sound of it, how would you explain it? Um,
0: that's interesting. I mean, you know, we 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 Mike Mike lives in Muscle Shoals, um, but I'm in New York, mm-hmm. so it's not like it's not like we're all from Muscle Shoals. It's just that that was sort of like our second that was my second home was we did all the recording there, the crafted our sound there. Um, but I think what makes us interesting is we're not, usually when bands come out of an area, they're, they're kind of pigeonholed to that sound. Correct. We're not, where, you know, I have my, you know, I still have my New York tendencies and, and my, you know, my, my way of singing and Mike has the way he writes uh, riffs. But Mike was also originally from New York, so he brings a little of that in, and now he's crafted his sound into, you know, what he's doing down at Muscle Shoals, so it's a nice blend of, so, you know, getting back to the original question, I, w- I would say, I guess we're with throwback, but in modern times, like, we like we don't you know we don't use any computers we don't use anything in the studio like what you hear is what we did right it's all rock um, and roll we don't, it's rock it's rock and roll and and we you know we i mean if you think about all the songs that we love like Declan and deep purple and all kinds of stuff like that you can hear pitch fluctuations you can hear singers singing sharp singing flat you can hear the drummer speed not slowing down but there's a magic to that And 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 that's what we try to do in our recordings is we don't want to make it perfect, um, even though we're not saying we're not you know we didn't want to make it sound good. But if there's something that was a little loud, the drum was sped up a little bit. That's okay. Right, like it sort of like pulls you along, like you know. in a lot of Zeppelin songs when they get to the choruses, the drum speeds up.
1: Right, absolutely. But
0: people don't know why they're they're drawn to the sound of the band because the drum is naturally speeding up, and then he pulls back in the verses. So we kind of sort of like have that old school kind of thing, um, and but we also mix the modern. Um, so I would say I, I say we, you know, we always say the same thing: we we have a foot in the past and a foot a foot in today or the future. So we we, we want to blend things, and we want to. Um, We don't want to be part of the mold of you know. There's a lot of bands that come out. They have the stock guitar sounds, right? Yeah, drum triggers, you know. And you know that. Like, there's a lot of bands that have similar sounds, Um, but um, we we purposely, you know, don't. You know, we want to fit in, obviously, but we want our own niche within the sound, basically.
1: It's funny though. It's funny. It's funny you say though about the the mold. And I'm going to use an example of something, and and I like. A lot of music that comes out of Frontier's music. I really do. and But if you listen to a lot of maybe bands that you don't know and you have it on Spotify, you can't tell one band from another. Like They all sound the same. They've got great vocals. Everything is bang on. A lot of melody. They've got a ton of keyboards, synthesizers, triggers. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. But there's no difference between... Band A, B, or C. Now on frontiers, you have other great bands that have been around a long time. I get that, but the sound is very similar for a lot of bands. What I like about you guys, exactly what you said, you have a very unique sound, and you as a singer bring this exactly what you said. It's kind of like the past, but you kind of get the current, and it it, to me it it kicks ass. Let's talk about stain on my soul though. Talk about. Uh, the writing process on that? Is it something Mike came up with playing guitar, giving you the riff? I mean, again, you're in New York. He's a Muscle Shoals. Does he send you tracks? You write lyrics to it. You send him some, you know, ghost vocals. How does it all work for you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, basically you hit the nail on the head. Like he, so the way our process usually is, is, um, you know, he'll, he'll go in the studio and just, you know, he'll go in and, and uh, run a drum machine to start with and, and just come up with some riffs. That he thinks are cool, and then we take it to the next step, and maybe you know, put some real drums on the wrist. and then send those, you know, like a two two track stereo mix to me, and then I would just do some, you know, uh, you know, I call it mush mouth, you know, where I'm not really singing, <laughs> but but I'm coming up with melody, you know, and I'm coming up with timing, and I'm coming up with, you know, usually the way I write is I come up with the melody and the timing and the attitude and, and that, then I write the lyrics to fit that. So I, I never start a song with lyrics already written. Right. So I, you don't, you I don't send him,
1: money here. right. You don't send him lyrics and right. say, right, right to this, you know, lyric no, line or this. Okay.
0: No. no, no, no. Like if you, you write me a song and you send it to me, I gotta, I gotta feel that song. It's a separate world. Like, you know, the way the guitar is or the drums powerful or the, or the riff is heavy. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, add to that, I'm going to add to that vibe of what I think that's going to say. So I might, I might be singing about something, you you know, like through the system kind of thing, you know, or I might sing something of, you know, girl broke my heart kind of thing. Or, you know, I won't say those things, but those kind of vibes, like, you know, so I can't tell what I'm going to write about. I might have a lyric book where I just write down cool phrases that I think of, but then, you know, and, but I, I never write with, you know, I know a lot of guys have lyrics written already before the song. You know, and I, I you know, I applaud them. I don't, I don't know how they do that. Like I like to fit the lyrics to the part that I already I have the melody on.
1: Right. Well, staying on my soul is a great is a great <laughs> yeah. title too. Staying on my soul, I love it. And uh, yeah. I thought that was very very catchy. Of okay, so when Mike writes these songs, ish, mm-hmm. how many how many? Uh, what's my question? If he sent you ten. Songs. How many would you cut or actually continue to carry on with of those ten songs? Like two of them, seven of them. Do you know what I mean? Like how many songs does he send you yeah. that you kind of narrow down to like these are the one or the two that we're gonna we're gonna use?
0: Yeah, I mean, usually he might send me like a let's say if we're gonna write, right? So we we maybe will come up with like a block of three or four, and he might send me. Three or four songs, and they might have different sections. Might have let's just say, well, I think this is a verse. There's a bridge. I, this might be a chorus. But what a lot of times what we do is I might sing a part over a verse that I would say, no, that's a chorus. And then we could take it and then re-engineer the song where now we make the verse the chorus, and now we got to come up with a new verse because now the old verse was a chorus. So. We sort of, And a lot of bands do that. They do it live and still, like, you know, like a band like Rival Sons does that. Like right. they'll go in and they'll cut a busted section and then they'll, you know, sort of like the engineer will put the sections together. Um, so we sort of like that kind of thing. Like, you know, he, he might write something that he thinks is a chorus and I think is a verse and then I might sing over it and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. We'll make that, we'll put that in the beginning. And then we'll come up with a new chorus. So we're kind of, we just want good parts, you know, because a lot of times it's hard to say, okay, verse, bridge, chorus. And to come up with all that in one shot, you know, you might have parts and you might only have one good part out of those five parts. That's a good verse or a good chorus. And then build around that. That's the way we go about it.
1: So Mike does the producing down in Muscle Shoals, correct? And let me ask you, I've never been there. So if I was to go there, besides what I've watched on YouTube, <laughs> um, what would I, I guess, what would I experience from being in that studio where Leonard Skinnerd recorded albums, where Cher recorded albums and so many great artists? I, Cause I wouldn't even know what to expect.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it if you just knowing it's like being in a spot like one of the studios has basically been untouched since the stones were there wow. and you know all these bands and just knowing the history of what happened in those rooms in itself when you when you're there and if you're a lover of music and you're, you you love the artist to just be standing in the same spot that Aretha Franklin came up with the riff for some of our songs and it's just, I don't know. It's just a vibe. It's just a feeling that you get where it's like, wow. You know, and then, and then the other thing, which is interesting too, is like, you look at the place and like, wow, this is like a, you know, it's like a regular spot. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the building outside the studios looks very, like you would drive right by it. Like if you didn't know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like
0: when you Right, but when you look at the front, you're like, oh shit, that's the place. Like now it's all sinking in but it's not like broadway down there it's it's very low-key but you know they have a they they have history they have they have players down there that that played on thousands of recordings and uh, they just know what they're doing you know they have a specific sound that they they know how to get but i i guess you, you would, you know, if you're a musician or you're a fan of music, you would, I guess you, you would get a vibe more than anything. You would be like, Oh wow. I'm like in the room. I could feel it. Like, you know what I mean? Um, that, that kind of thing. Well, um, but as far as the, go yeah, ahead. but as far as the town, I mean, the town is a very, you know, laid back town, people are polite, but if you didn't know what these buildings were, if you weren't a fan of music, you'd be, you'd just drive right by them. Like, you know, um, so they're, you know, they don't advertise that way, but their track record speaks for itself. You
1: know? Well, I did watch uh, part of the documentary, maybe all of it. I can't remember, but the other day, knowing that I was going to chat with you again, I was watching some stuff that was happening at Muscle Shoals and the guy, the producer said something that, uh, is probably bang on. He said, this is just a building. That's all it is. It's what happened in this building, which makes it what it is. And I can relate to that as a sports fan. Two weeks ago, I was in Boston and I went to Fenway park to see a Red Sox game. And the stadium is old, but you know what it represents. You know, who played on that field, you know, the world series, uh, that that have been won there. You know what I mean? So the vibe that you get when you're in Fenway is incredible, but it's an old shitty fucking ballpark. (laughs) You know what I mean, so, right? When
0: you're there, when it you're there, yeah. When you're there, when it's empty, you're like, "Really, this is the place? this is it?" I like, know yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't there a place like that in California where uh, Dave Grohl got the mixing board? Was that Sound City? Yeah, Sound City. That
1: yeah.
0: Fleetwood Mac did all their stuff. Nirvana did their stuff. You mm-hmm. it was a it was a dingy, like people described it as a dingy place. It had a couch there that it hasn't been replaced in like 20 years. It's got rips in. Like, and you would walk in and be like. What are we doing here? But for some reason, there's just magic. Like you, like all these number one albums came out of that place. And it's the same with those recording studios and muscle show. It's just something about it that you just can't deny. It is what it is.
1: So let me ask you a final question. It has nothing to do necessarily with, with um the song, obviously, but but in today's climate of music, it's it's challenging, but there's some opportunities there too. So what what are some of the challenges you have within theory in today's uh, you know marketplace, and what are some of the the opportunities? Because they both exist, and I'm going to give you an example of something. There was somebody the other day who was saying that uh, to their dad, "Hey dad, I'm on Spotify, and I found this artist named Prince. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> you know, so people are discovering bands now. I know you're not Prince, I get it, but but they're discovering music differently." than they had in the past. So that might be a benefit, but tell me some of the challenges and benefits that you guys talk about as you're going through this um, this process.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess on your last point there, as far as discovering, well, the, the old way of doing it, which I personally think is that, that was when people used to go to record stores right. and walk around and flip through records and look at posters and look at cutouts that were put up. So it's sort of like a modern version of that, um, I, you know, I, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I, I think for musicians it's more negative than it is positive. I mean, in other words, it's reverse engineering. It's like you use Spotify to hopefully get popular enough so that you could play out. And people come and see you so you can make money. So we don't, we don't make money on Spotify no. or any of these things. Right. So, in that in that aspect but but the old the negative part was you had the record companies and they controlled everything and you couldn't get into clubs so to speak. And if you did you usually went in debt, blah, 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 all that. So there was it wasn't it wasn't all great back then as well. But as far as the new the streaming thing is we were sort of hesitant of being part of the streaming thing because it's a it's an it's a one way street. You you're basically doing we put all this time into writing and recording and making it sound great. And you basically say, here, take it for free. And now you're in a pool with millions of other bands. Chances are, if you're not promoting yourself well, no one's ever going to hear it. So we, we sort of use it, but we don't rely on it. So right. we want to use it because so unfortunately the bookers today want to see, oh, what's your, what's your Instagram numbers? What's your Spotify numbers? So we kind of want to use it so we can get gigs so that we can make a living playing music. So it's the only way bands make money is from physical sales and tickets. Right. That's that's the only way, you know, and that that's the shame of it. But I guess it's a positive because you're not locked into anyone like in the old days or you have an opportunity now to promote yourself when you're not waiting for some A&R guy that, you know, just discover you, right? To think, yep. Yeah, to discover you. So that's a positive, but as far as the money making thing, I mean, you, you know, you give me one career where you do something and be like, Hey, here it is for free. You know, maybe you'll come and see me somewhere and give me some money.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll you buy know, a t-shirt I mean, or something, you know,
0: maybe you'll buy a t-shirt for like 15 bucks. And you know, meanwhile, you've got thousands of streams and some bands, hundreds of thousands of streams are getting a check for 25 bucks. I mean, you know, horrible. Like, yeah. But, yeah, but I I guess it's positive and it's negative, you know. But to just rely on Spotify and think because a lot of people come and look at your streaming your song on Spotify doesn't add up to any money, you know. Hopefully, you can use that popularity to book shows to make you money. So those people will come down. So that's basically the way the business is now.
1: Well, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you uh, in theoryoriginal.com, You can check out the website, the new single stain on my soul. By the way, I am coming to New York, but to New York city in wait next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, Oh, I will be okay. in the uh, big apple doing big apple type things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Well, you should uh, re- reach out to me. You know, maybe we can uh, hook up. I can yeah, I got,
1: yeah, for sure, man. Uh, my daughter and I are going. I'm taking her friend. We usually go like three or four times a year. So we were there a couple of months ago. Okay, and heading back, Thanks. and uh, yeah, just you know, hanging out, doing the restaurant, and a couple of drinks, and a couple of fun nice. things, whatever we can find to do. So looking forward to that. But uh, no, this man. song is great, by the nice. way. Stay on my soul hits number or hit Thank number you. three on the classic rock charts, which is great and uh, you can find it on spotify i am going to attach the video as well which is uh pretty cool and uh so people can check you out that way so tony it's always a pleasure my friend thank you so much